Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, presented now by Alpha's Appliance Solutions. We are your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, finishers, I'm your host, Adam, and I am joined by the newest writer for Rocket Sports via the Hockey News, your favorite co-hoster, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Uh, I guess, A, have you recovered? And B, how did that come about? Recovered from Cape Breton. Cape Breton. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm extremely tired. Yeah. Uh, obviously, got my. Uh, oh, you do have pumpkin. I PSL. My, yeah, I got my PSL. The hot, of uh, the hot, uh, the hot commodity. Yeah. yeah. The uh, 800 calorie drink, uh, which is uh, obviously being uh, being enjoyed here. And you yeah, actually had less of those on the weekend than I thought you would. Yeah, I did. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a Starbucks in Sydney. I'm sure there is, but we didn't see it. <laughs> we didn't go look. We did. That's well. That's true. Uh, but yeah, no. There was a lot of uh, hotel comfort in coffee, yep. which tasted like butt. <laughs> and uh, yeah, mm. and some Monster Energy drinks. And you know, I'm tired when I'm drinking energy yeah. drinks. Uh, and other than that, uh, we didn't even go look for beer. No, we didn't at the at the brewing company no. after after so uh rocket sports how's mm-hmm. how's that coming how'd that come about uh, yeah are you leaving me i'm not, no, I'm not leaving oh you. my god no oh my god no i'm not leaving you um uh, so i was approached a couple weeks ago by uh, uh, uh on twitter qmjhl fan house yep uh and uh otherwise known as uh mark we'll call him mark don't have permission for to release his last name so we'll just call him mark, mark. uh he basically you know he's been reading the boards for mm-hmm. for years and uh basically said that you know he he can tell that i know my stuff and that i'm a good uh word put togetherer <laughs> which by the sounds of if you wouldn't know i was a writer just by how that sentence yeah, was skip, structured skip the first two minutes word put her together <laughs> uh but no you just said if it's something i was i'd be interested in and uh you know it's um when i was in high school i was kind of looking to go that journalism route yeah. uh, to basically follow sports, write about sports. And it just never never came about. I decided to take a different study in a different field, and mm. uh, but always had an interest in, you know, writing sports, reading sports, and, you know. Talking for, about sports. Yeah. You, you know, always read Neil Hodges' articles for years yeah. and, and all that. And, uh thought this would be an opportunity that I might be interested in so I kind of just slept on it for a night literally <laughs> and uh just came back and said yeah you know let's do it and then he got me in touch with uh with Rick from Rocket Sports and Rick just basically uh, said you know this is more or less we need somebody to be covering uh between yourself and Mark so I'm going to cover the Maritimes division and so I thought it would be uh, a fun little extracurricular activity yeah uh, and you know so far i've gotten two articles uh in direct and the website's gonna be launching here probably in the next couple of weeks and cool. i'll have an article on uh on the cory crawford retirement and uh, another article on uh on jordan spence oh, and nice. his yeah. uh his road to the to the nhl so uh if anybody wants to uh, follow that uh they are on uh twitter it is at Rocket Sports, and uh, yeah, it's um, basically going to be on a, the Hockey News Rocket Sports website, and not sure if my publications will actually be in the Hockey News, <laughs> but, but if, if that day ever know. comes, yeah. yeah, that would be fantastic, and uh, from, as far as I know, it's just a website, and uh, you can go on there and read everything about the Montreal Canadiens and Meh. the uh, Maritimes Division. That's awesome, and uh, yeah, once we get once that goes live, the website we'll put that on our uh, our new link tree, so people can find out mm-hmm. um, by going to our page. They can find out all those wonderful articles that you'll be reading. But man, mm-hmm. that's that's awesome, and that's you're kind of the same path that I went. I wanted to always be doing something in sports, and that's why I started this. And um, yeah, that's wicked for you. So hopefully, you don't ever leave me because I can't do this by myself. No, I, I, it's <laughs> this is something that I'll probably. Uh, you know, once the le- the website goes live, I think they want four articles per person, yeah. and then because uh, they, they want to overload the website once it goes live. Yeah. yeah. Um, after that, I think it's a, an article every week, 
So, you know, this is something that I'll be able to work on, you know, Sundays after Mac Jones throws an interception. (laughs) Yeah. And who knows if they ever need a podcast, they know who to talk to about. That is true. Making it happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quickly, Amazing Race finished up last week before we were able to talk about it. And I finally picked the winner Mm -hmm. of an Amazing Race, Ty Cat, uh, finishing first. It it was a little tense there. Yeah. So, uh, for some reason, uh, with... uh, all respect to Tyler and Kayleen. Um, water is not spelt W A T T E R. And yeah. with respect again to Ty and Kat, even though they won it, Tortier Always. is not spelt with A's. There is uh, no A in Tortier. Or take your backpack. Yeah. Like, it continues to amaze me how many people get on these shows, and especially this one, mm-hmm. A. Don't know the final challenge is going to be a memory challenge. Like if Layla and I did that show, she'd have her notepad and she'd have notes 100%. on everything. Yeah, oh yeah. Every night you'd have yeah. notes. You'd have to. And maybe they're not allowed to bring their notes out mm-hmm. during filming. But, but you study it uh, every night. But you study it every night. You should have no issues yeah. with it. I thought that was one of the cooler, uh, like the crossword puzzle in, in Halifax. But mm-hmm. also, take your backpack everywhere. Like, but- I watched it after you and when I saw her forget her backpack, I'm like, you got to be kidding. I come that close to picking the right winner, and it's something, they forget their backpack. Something silly like that in the finale, it almost feels scripted. Yeah. Because how can you make such a and then monumental mistake at such a pivotal moment in the race? Yeah. Um, it just, to me, it, it didn't seem real. Yeah. You, you bring, they've brought in their backpacks to every roadblock every detour every face-off and then in the finale they just forget yeah or just decide not to bring it it felt based scripted. on whatever it, the clue it, it was felt like, scripted to me yeah. yeah i think they read the clue and they were talking like water skiing so they get they find out that they're jet skiing so mm-hmm. yeah you maybe don't take your backpack but you also when you're skydiving or when you're zip lining or climbing you take your backpack wherever you go so mm-hmm. Yeah, once they dropped the backpack, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And then when Tyler and Kayleen, I think they got their check first. And I was like, oh, no, I was so close to being right. Yeah. And I was <laughs> and, so close to being right, yeah. too, right? Like it's, That's the first time we finished one, too. Yeah, it was. And uh, it, uh, it kicks off today, the, I think. The actually. American one. The American. Yeah, one of the. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you're right. Hell's uh, Kitchen on Thursday. Hell's Kitchen on Thursday. Love is Blind Season 5 is already on Netflix. Like, it is just. Between hockey and trash TV and the NFL, man, it is exciting. <laughs> uh, it is a wonderful time. All right, don't forget, as always, you can follow us on our socials, Twitter, Monkey Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok, Wildcast Podcast, and don't forget to like and subscribe here on the YouTube. Uh, no quick question this week. Let's get to some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. Well, we got a new trophy alert, so that's cool. Uh, Mario Cicchini was uh, in Quebec as he revealed the Patrick Waugh Trophy for Goaltender of the Year. So it's not going to replace the Jacques Plante Trophy uh, for the best goalie average, but it is going to be Goalie of the Year. Mm. And I had some criteria on it. It's a little weird how there's a Goalie of the Year and a trophy for goaltending, like... I said to you on our drive to Cape Breton, like, you should put... One of those should be converted, like... Convert the Jacques Plante to, like, the Williams Jennings in the NHL, which is a team goaltending award. Mm. And then the Vesna is an individual award. Um, so for the goaltender of the year, the player must have participated in at least 40% of the minutes played by his team. Standout in goals against average, save percentage, shutouts, and winning percentage. So what? so as of right now, Jacob Jacques Plante, Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. The Jacques Plante trophy is the goalie with the best goals against average. One of the criteria is this one, so so this is a little bit. This confusing. is basically the league's to the league's best goalie. Yeah. So it's because they have best forward, they have best defenseman. Now they finally have a best goalie award. It only it kind of makes sense to finally have one. Yeah. And they picked the right guy to kind of have his name on it too. Yeah. My yeah, opinion. he's he's pretty good. He's okay. I mean. I'm surprised it took this long, and maybe they're waiting for him to be mm-hmm. out of the coaching ranks so there's not that conflict, conflict of, yeah. of interest. 100%. But, um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't have picked. The trophy topper I thought would maybe have 
something of like a logo of when he played, but like when Patrick Wall played or Patrick Wall on the back, I don't, I didn't see the back of the trophy, but it's a goalie. Uh, it's a goalie. So, um, yeah. All right. Now we get the, the, uh, player of the week. You were close. You were close with your Boolean. You just took Bullard. Bullard. Is it Bullard? Who's Boolean? I don't know. I that's, oh, it's Boulard. Okay. Sorry. Bois. I'll get it. Wallard. I, I got time. Bois. Jules. Anyways, the Jules. guy from Bay Como. You took Raul. Yeah. Uh, it ended up being uh, Jules. And the team of the week had a nice little Moncton flair to it. Spencer Gill. Spencer Gill. Jacob yep. Steinman. Jacob Steinman. Who else was on that? Uh, so we got yeah. Justin LaRose. Two games, four goals, one assist. Uh, Louis-Philippe Fontaine. Two goals, two assists in two games. Uh, Jules Bolliard. From Bay Como, two goals, four assists. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, for player of the week, Owen Conrad uh, from Charlottetown was one of the defensemen. Two goals, two assists in two games. We'll talk about him in a bit. And then Spencer Gill for Osh- or for Ramuski, uh, goal and two assists in two games. And Jacob Steinman, we'll talk about him in a bit too. Two and zero, nine seven six save percentage, point five goals against average, and one shutout. Not bad. Yeah, not not bad. He's he's pretty good. He's uh, it was a pretty good weekend. He's getting up there. He's getting up there. All right, let's uh, let's get into the weekend that was. Weekly rewind. And yeah, what a weekend it was! And Kate Brad and the Wildcats start the season two and zero, picking up both victories in convincing fashion. Four nothing on Friday, nine to one on Saturday. Um, before we get into the on ice product, I guess. Let's just talk about our Cape Breton weekend and our Center 200 experience. Um, quite the drive. Quite the drive. Wow. And, and before we start about the Center 200 experience, let's talk about the Cancel Causeway experience. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, I've i never been prior to Friday. I had never this been awesome. further east than New Glasgow, Nova Scotia. So to be able to... Which for me, coming from Alberta, surprises me that everybody hasn't been everywhere when it's so close to drive, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's, I don't know. So I got to experience the Canso Causeway yeah. for the first time on Friday. Um, for those of you who don't know what the Canso Causeway is, Adam, maybe you can explain it better than than I can. But there's... It's just a bridge that... There's two, a high, There's the highway, yeah. and there's a body of water over here, and a body of water over here. And there needs to be a way for the boats to get from one side of the water to the other side of the water. So there's, if there's a boat coming, they will stop the traffic and there will be a, yes. Rotating. The bridge will, will rotate to allow the boat to You've pass. seen some bridges that go up and they open. This mm-hmm. one goes north and south and then eventually it rotates to east and west and then it rotates like this. Yeah, so... We, we were stopped, and I noticed that the bridge was east to west. Uh, but I also saw the boat coming. So I was like, okay, well, the boat has to go through. It makes sense. What I didn't know <laughs> at the time is that the once the boat has successfully got to the other side of the water, it went north to south. <laughs> yeah. The bridge goes back to let the traffic go through. So I was... We were stopped... And it was east to west. So I started looking at player on my phone because, like, okay, well, we might be here for we a little bit. We got time, yeah. When I started seeing people getting out of their vehicles and going to their trunks, I knew we had some time. So I started playing around on my phone. And I look up and I start to see that there's cars starting to move. But what I did also notice is that this bridge had magically shifted north-south. Yeah. And I was completely amazed at this scientific thing. Now, when he says completely amazed, we both look at looking like this on our phones, and he looks up and goes, What the? Oh, oh, the bridge is turned. And then the boat. Where'd the boat go? How'd the boat get over there? The bridge is turned. Like, I, I wish I had a dash cam because to get that audio was just amazing. And then as we start going through the causeway, he looks over, he's like, oh, there's the boat. The boat's over there now. The boat was there. Now it's there. It's the first time that I've ever been stopped. Like, I've only been to Port Oxford once in the job I had, and I had to uh, 
go there and I just went right through the causeway and coming back, we didn't have to stop at the causeway. Um, so I wasn't even sure it was used. I just thought it was something that used to be used and wasn't anymore. But yeah, your, your flat out reaction was unbelievable. Um, I'll know better next time. Yeah. Cause on the drive home, we didn't have to stop. There were no boats. Nope. Uh, yeah. Cape Breton experience. I, I had a great time. The, the drive on the one what did we take? The one Oh five. Yeah, through like the pirate town. The pirate town, the the, the whole town Pe- of St. Peter's. St. Peter's has this pirate festival, and it's supposed to be uh, the 14th of September. But I'm assuming with hurricane, uh, they postponed it a week. Mm-hmm. But like, you're driving, and you're like, oh wow, they're set up for Halloween early with a skeleton and a pirate look to it. Okay, and down the street, it's a one street town, but down every street had a skeleton on a bicycle, and one store had this huge skeleton, and you could see all these signs for pirates. So. It was pretty cool, but yeah, I mean that both drives were really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of nice views yeah. for the drive in Cape Breton. Before we get into the town of Cape Breton, but um, I don't know how those people live on the water that like hurricane season. Like a lot of like it seemed like every single town had was like down the water, and I don't oh, think yeah, they were. Yeah. I don't think they were uh, lake life as you call it. I think that's where people lived, and I just I couldn't imagine. Once a year going, well, I guess I'm going to go into town and hopefully my home will be there when I come back next week. Yeah, it, those are extremely close to the water. And, yeah. you know, just the any any storm could wreck all those houses. Yeah. Like they're like I thought like cottages in Shediac were close to the water. Like yeah. these these are close to the water. You're literally your backyard is is in the ocean. Like some yeah. of these houses had. You know, like a little deck that would pretty much be in the water. It was absolutely crazy, uh, but I guess that's the risk you take, and I wouldn't want anyone paying the insurance on on that because I'm sure there's some sort of a addition to yeah. your, you know, how much you pay every month for that. Yeah. Sydney was um, torn up. Yeah, there's a lot of construction. Uh, I mean, that's, I guess that's all you can really say, you know, the, uh, a lot of construction cruise ships are, are really cool. To, yeah, that was, yeah, that was cool to, to check out. Uh, they had one there on Saturday and then we left on Sunday morning. There was three, uh, that was really cool. Really neat. Uh, I enjoyed my life. A nice little walk Saturday, uh, walk from the hotel to the boardwalk to the I fiddle. Didn't. I slept. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I was gone probably for two and a half hours. I checked my yeah, phone this yeah. morning, and I had uh, on Saturday I had uh, twenty thousand steps on Saturday alone, nice. and uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was good little good little venture. We'll give a shout out to Seven by Seven Restaurant. Yeah, um, Seven by Seven, man, that was uh, went for a walk. Just like we're gonna watch college football all day, and because what else do you do in Sydney? Yeah, we went and went down to the boardwalk, oh, wait until the seven o'clock game. So we we're gonna watch college football in the hotel, and um, we were just gonna get like quick breakfast, and then we're like walking and looking, and there's no like breakfast spots down by the boardwalk so we had to walk downtown and there's really nothing to tell you like Mm -hmm. they're turning the downtown into one-way streets so every the whole street is ripped up i actually feel bad for the businesses but um just stumbled upon this seven by seven voted cape breton's best restaurant um in town and we had some Breton brewing. I had a raspberry lemon sour. Mm-hmm. You had a watermelon blonde from Nine Locks. Yep. You had a chicken waffle sandwich, I think. Ch- chicken waffle. Yeah, I had just a regular something. two eggs, sausage, toast, breakfast, and yep. it was quite filling. We didn't need mm-hmm. to eat again. Um, shout out to Boston Pizza for... Literally saving us. Yeah, being the only place that's open after nine. Like, went to this <laughs> Steel, <laughs> Steel City sports pub, got in there, no cash. Place closes or food closes at nine on a Saturday night, and there was some band in there playing, and uh, I'm assuming a bachelorette party. They're all dancing, they're having a good time. We sat down. Jeremy gets a beer, comes back, tells me that I'm like, well, this sucks. I don't want a beer now. And they stop playing. All twelve women leave. Yeah, and I'm just like, cool. All right, I guess we're going to Boston Pizza because we didn't really want to go there two nights in a row. But um, like I said on the live, Center Two Hundred is a is a nice junior rink. Like it's a good size, uh, junior rink. It's not a bad seat in the house. Um, pretty easy to kind of get to. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a 
it was a good rink. It was uh, it was much better to go there and get two victories. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. It was like you could tell it's a Cape Breton rink. They built that food place on the end of it a few years ago for kind of everyone to to be around. And yeah, I, I like the I like the Center Two Hundred. the The press box was a little different with steel uh, trying to look over, and you'll see like you saw some of the videos I was trying to take of like looking over barriers and beams and stuff like that but i didn't i didn't mind it we got to meet our good friend drew bear yeah drew bear and uh jeremy fraser yeah. and ran into the uh DeBorns and the lansbury's and every person you could possibly think of yeah there's a couple other in... couple other fans there there was yeah. as many people there as i thought would go which mm-hmm. i mean i get it like i said to you i would not make this drive on saturday morning no for a game no get up the next day and drive home like that's just like if there was a cape breton game on a friday and then maybe a halifax game on a saturday or vice versa yeah you know maybe you do that and drive from you know one city to the next city the next day but um no it was a really good time i'm still recovering and (laughs) as tired as i was i had a super hard time falling asleep sunday night really Hmm. i thought i'd maybe uh Hit the as soon as my head hit the pillow, I'd be out. But uh, no, I was I had a like I was awake probably till ten thirty last night huh. or Sunday night, yeah, whichever night it is. How was the birthday party? Uh, it, it was a kid's birthday party. <laughs> yeah. After after sitting in a vehicle for six hours, yeah, you got to go home and go right to a kid's birthday. A kid's party. birthday party had a barbecue, some cake, some presents, shoot some hoops. Nice. Uh, yeah. That's about it. It was a kid's birthday. <laughs> so let's go on the ice now. Mm-hmm. Um, first game, 4 nothing victory, and 36-16 to 16 in shots for Moncton. And you could just tell. It was, it was a game of polar opposites, really. The first one was just a defensive shutdown, 16 mm-hmm. shots. The next one wasn't so much a defensive shutdown, but it was an offensive explosion uh, with nine goals. Um, you go back to the Friday game, I mean, I – I didn't realize, like, I was looking at the Jumbotron. I couldn't find the shots anywhere. Uh, and it was just the angle that I was looking. I was like, oh, I don't have any. Went downstairs and ended up looking up and thought, holy crap, they only had three shots in the first period? Like, Cape Breton only yeah. had three shots in the first period? Um, and that's where Steinman was, was good. Like, he didn't have many shots, but he didn't let. Of the three shots, it wasn't one nothing Cape Breton, mm-hmm. which allowed the team to kind of refocus into the the – the second period, and, and they just kind of took over the game from the middle of the second period on, and that was that was it. Yeah, for me, that first game, like it was, uh, we were it was we were more or less dominating the play, and it almost felt like it was going to be the Ruccia show, yeah, uh, where he makes you know 40, 50 yeah. saves and and just steals they win the two game. Nothing or two three yeah. one, yeah. But uh, I think once um, once that first goal, because it was a late goal, I think wasn't it the second? Period? Uh, yeah, thirty seconds left. Yeah. And that kind of was the moment, the momentum, you know. It's um, usually last last season, we were the ones that got killed with the with the late goals. And you know, when you when you score a late goal, you, you build off that momentum. And uh, I think this is that's pretty much what happened here. It was instead of us having the goal against uh, late in the period, it was us that, that did the damage, and we used it going into the uh, into third. It was. Yeah, dominating performance defensively, shut down. Uh, I was actually considering, you know, uh, you know, they were there. It was, you know, a night that the Eagles were, you know, recognizing Jacob Newcomb. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I was actually kind of surprised at how poor of an effort yeah. that they put on the ice. You know, you'd think, you know, they'd be all jacked up with, you know, him in the building and, him on the ice for for warm ups and and you know doing the puck drop and it it they were flat yeah there was no juice yeah like they were Saskatchewan flat <laughs> you know like that was yeah. it was yeah. just not not the effort that I expected to see from the Eagles given what had happened what was going on pregame that it was their home opener uh, the vice president was given a rousing I mean pregame speech. come support us we need your help <laughs> yeah we need you yeah uh it was yeah it, it, uh, yeah, it was um was it was it? it was flat and and you nailed it like I, I totally thought it was gonna be at midway through the second I was like this thing's gonna go to a shootout yeah like whether it's one one two two whatever it's gonna be the Ruchi show it's gonna go to a shootout um uh, but yeah you're right like the the lotion goal 
How many times have we come in on your last year and be like, quit, get, like, goals in the last minute and the first minute mm. are killing this team. And, yeah. And we took that uh, we took that advantage. I mean, loshing on the power play with just a great, a great, great, great shot, feed, great feed too yep. by Denoye. And yeah, uh, that's um, you know, literally what we're probably going to see forty times this year. That's his office. You know, it's yep. um, he they teed up on the on the one on the power play and but he didn't stand there. And I, and I kind of was watching it. He was in his office, and if he had a couple shots and it didn't work, mm-hmm. he moved. He yep. tried to move. Tried to get other. Because mm-hmm. a lot of teams, when they're playing this 1-4 um, on the PK, they go 1-2-1, one, one, and they keep those wide guys to go out to those shots. And yeah. Eventually, you take a couple of those in the leg. You're not going to go out to mm-hmm. them. But um, he was able to move and shift and get his opportunities yeah. and let a piss missile go. And What and, I'd like to see this year from Loshing is I'd like to see him fake it a little more because it's going to get predictable. Yeah. Um, there, I met. There was a highlight. I remember last year there was a. I saw something where Cole uh, Caulfield was literally coached on the bench by St. Louis. He's like, "You're going in this power play, fake a shot," mm-hmm. and because these these PKers are going to know the puck's going to Loshing, he's going to rip it. Yeah. Well, if he if he fakes the shot, he winds up for it, and the defenseman goes down to block it. Well. Suddenly, yeah. suddenly it's a five on three because that defender is out of position. Yeah, right, and that's going to allow more puck movement, or literally allow him to get the shot off as the defenseman's trying to recover from a broken ankle. <laughs> yeah, you know, as well, like, you're going to see like when if he doesn't fake it early on and just keeps letting him go, it's going to get gonna, predictable. But you're also going to pull that defender out, yeah, which is going to widen that power play for Gabe to come up or mm-hmm. the middle guy to move around. Um, so you're going to have to have that kind of some nights you're just ripping him, yep. get that defender out. Some nights you fake it and you have. I mean, he's got a shot that gets off right away, mm-hmm. and if if he fakes it, he's. It's like if he, yeah. if he starts faking it, it's literally like I said, it's going to turn into a five on three because that defender is going to go down to block it, yeah. and then he's out of position. Yeah. So it's uh, there, I think it's something that you're probably going to see. There there needs to be. That I can see that being, uh, uh, adapt. Um, Adaptability, adapt. Yeah, the, the they have to adapt on the on yeah. the fly, and that's that's something I think they'll probably have to do very early in the season. Is yeah, shoot the puck, but in some cases fake it, you know, because it's they're gonna the opposition is gonna know what's gonna happen, what's happening. Yeah, and then Saturday, um, not a result I thought we were gonna have at all. Thought we'd see a little bit more juice from Cape Breton, which we did. They played a little bit better in the mm-hmm. in the first period, um, but nine one. I mean. Three nothing after one, three one after two, or six one after two. Like they just Moncton got that lead and and never looked back and just mm-hmm. continued to take over the game. I mean, you had Mercier with two, Mueller with two, from his interview bump, I would assume. So you, Connor Trenholm should have a couple um, in the next game, and if he does, oh boy. Um, but yeah, Collard with two, Mueller with two, Mercier with two. Like it mm-hmm. just, it's not often you see a goalie get pulled. And then go back in the net because yep. they're uh, – what was he here? So, Rucci had played – Rucci was uh, – well, I had four goals on 13 shots, and Rucci mm-hmm. had five goals on 16. Um, like he, When he came back in after the nine, so he gave up five, and then Milada came in, gives up four, and then they put Rucci back in for the last seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was just – it was an offensive explosion that – a lot of people I don't think saw coming, and it's it's only game two, but that was a very dominant effort by a team that kind of showed that we're not going to take what we took last year from Cape Breton. No, I, I, of course not, and that's that's kind of the key thing here. I, I don't well, you know, the Wildcats didn't want the 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 success or that lack thereof yeah. against the league, the Eagles to, uh, to be similar to last year. Like this is, this is off to a good, a good start here. Um, we kind of, we joked about to Richie as like, well, if they can score nine goals without morale, just go ahead and trade them. Uh, Why wouldn't you? and you know, of a return. clearly you don't need him right now. If you score nine goals without him, we're, we're obviously kidding. Um, yeah. but re- there's, there's things that, you know, from this game that I think they can take away as, as you know, we need to work on it. Because there were times where, you know, Steinman bailed them out. Turnovers. Yeah. 
there was a couple of times there where the bakery was uh, was going to be open. Yeah, our friend Jeremy Frazier at uh, at BPs is like, well, the one turnover. I mean, they put it on the stick of a guy who wasn't going to score. That's the time the guy's going to score. Well, yeah, and that's the turnover you can't have. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the second period, like just blindly up the middle. You just can't have that type of play. And mm-hmm. they were they were so good in the first game when it was holding them to sixteen shots that it was just like. Maybe because they had the offensive explosion, they played a little bit looser. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, Sumpf, the Sumpf pump and Loshing, that is a that is a duo that is going to do some things this year. Yeah, 100%. Um, the fact that they went to Colorado, I think, too. Um, and build the chemistry. Build the yeah. chemistry, got to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can see it. I mean, was it? Speaking of Loshing, uh I know I like I pointed this out a few a couple times last year on the, one of our first episodes. Um, according to Elite Prospects, on pace for sixty eight goals and sixty eight assists for one hundred and thirty six points. So I don't know why it won't happen. That's a big uh, big season. Yeah, which goal was it? it must have been in the second game that it was a tic tac toe. Yeah, was it Mueller that scored it? Uh, nope. It was Loshing that scored it. It was Loshing from Sumpf. Oh, OJ from Loshing and Sump. Yeah. And it was you could see the connection between Sump to Loshing and then across to OJ for mm-hmm. a tap in. Like that that top line of, of Loshing, Sump and whoever they decide to put there, like OJ played well with them. Maybe Collard gets a spot there or Denway gets a spot there. Um Mercier. It, like it's not going to matter. I think you found a pair and whoever you put on that wing with him will have success mm-hmm. because they both see the ice. Sump is like I said in the intermission with Pat, I mean, anytime you can get a big German center, like <laughs> you're you're good, and and that's through two games, obviously. But yeah, you can you can see the connection um, with them. Now I ask you, sir. Speaking of Moran, he's obviously going to come back. Mm-hmm. What do you do with the pairings on the defense? Because you had Butan and Selinski, and Butan played a lot, played a ton of ice time like there was one shift we weren't even sure if he went off in the first four minutes of the second period in one of the games mm-hmm. um do you keep that pair together um and put moran with agf up at or afg up at the like the top so your top four would be moran and forte jondron Bhutan and Zelinsky is your second pair and then plundowski and whoever or do you keep the Bhutan and moran together as your top pair and figure out the bottom four it's a good problem to have. But it is I mean? a very good problem to have. And and I'm not I, wondering this because they won 9-1 and we don't, like, the joking part of Moran. But it is, like, Bhutan played a lot on that top line, that top I think you can, minutes. I think you could safely put uh, Moran and Bhutan together and then have Forte Jandron with, with, with Plandowski. Yeah. Um, and then you've got your your Grenier and Baltine and and Dubroy and oh, Zelinsky. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I, I think you put the Big Z, <laughs> the Big Z. Um, I think you put uh, Moran. I mean, Moran played a lot with Grenier in in, in the preseason, but um, I think Moran and Forte Jondron is your top pair. Yeah. Pete Butan and Zelinsky is your second pair, and Plandelski plays with a Grenier and a Baltine because mm-hmm. he's. He's defensively responsible, so if he's with Grenier, that allows him to get up in the play, which he did quite a bit, um, going plus four. Big shout out to him, going plus four. Um, and Valentine, whenever he comes back. But I, I think you – I don't think you go Butan and Moran. I think you, I think you have to split it up. Split those two up. And yeah, because, no, yeah, like I forgot about Zelinski, <laughs> so now it's just – I don't care. And you I, know? I think Butan played a lot of time because no, was there was Moran. Like 40 minutes a night. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, uh, you know, coming into Friday on the island. Um, went, uh, you know, will we have Moran back? He's uh, in the lineup uh, tonight, Monday, mm-hmm. as uh, as we record this. He was originally supposed to be in Seattle, but uh, he's now going to be in Calgary <laughs> with Pelche. So uh, we will see how oh, that goes. Oh, he's playing in Calgary? Yeah. Yeah, oh, there was a uh, afternoon roster update. Uh, so the uh, Moran will be playing in the Calgary game with Pelche, and Aspro will be in the uh, the game in Seattle because it's split squad. Right. And yeah, we'll Is see. Is that the last Flames game before? 
so they've got another game. I think it was Wednesday against Winnipeg. Uh, and then Friday against Edmonton. I don't think he's going to make it to Friday. Well, we can, let's be real here. He's yeah. not making the Flames. And No, but I did have to ask him that for anyone wondering. I was like, is there any shot like Dumaine Columbus, who scored the overtime winner and we think is going to be there on that roster? I said, is there any shot he makes it as a 5-6 no. or stays up there at any point? And this guy said? Flat out no. No. <laughs> I mean, as good as he is. There's other defensemen on the depth chart that I think would... And I don't follow the depth chart as much as yeah. you do. That's why I, I mean, if you look at it, Bo Akey, who the Oilers picked in this first or second round? Second round, yeah. Well, he was sent back to Barry today. Uh, so yeah. Moran was also a, a second round pick. So those second rounders are starting to you know, be let go. So um, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say, is he in the lineup Friday? No. Is he in the lineup for the home opener? 100%. So that's uh, let's let's just go with what we got for for Friday, and then if he's here Friday, fantastic. Yeah, uh, they very well could just give him the day off for all we know. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty pretty confident we'll uh, we'll see him Saturday night. I feel like if he plays Wednesday in in Winnipeg, a he's got to take a bus because they don't have an airport. It's an Oilers joke, uh, but I think he might play the Wednesday. Winnipeg has an airport. I know, but it's I'll tell you after. My Oilers fans three or four that may listen to the show will understand that. Oh, okay. It's a joke because of Winnipeg's airport is not very good. And it's also Moncton. Moncton's airport. Is <laughs> yeah. Moncton's that I think airport. a team had to fly to Minnesota and then bus to Winnipeg, and nobody could figure out why, so the joke is that air- oh, Winnipeg is not an airport. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think he might play Seattle, and then depending, plays Winnipeg. I don't envision him even if he's back playing Friday night. Like, if, he play, if he plays Monday... Against Seattle, he might play Friday night. If he plays the Winnipeg game, the Wildcats probably give him Friday night off and then let him play the Saturday home yeah, opener. Yeah, we'll see. I, uh, I, 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 again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there's releases after tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the last split when we squad. Say, right? When we say tonight, I mean obviously it's Monday. Yes, it is split squad, and then I don't know. There's a good chance he's he's. Back in Moncton by Thursday. So, we'll see. Yeah. Either way, as thousands and thousands of people... Well, not thousands. I'm just kidding. Uh, a few people have asked who the captain's going to be. If you can't figure it Wild out by Willie. the roster. <laughs> if you couldn't figure it out because no one on the roster had a C on their jersey, whenever number five gets back, he'll most likely have a C on his jersey. And even if the Wildcats are trying to hide it, you're not doing a very good job. You'd stop to hide it when they've already played two games and there wasn't a captain announced. Just mm-hmm. announce it with a graphic or whenever he gets back, make a cool video or something. But, yeah, you saw two games with no captain. That leads you to believe the only guy left on the roster. Um, we were lucky to have a captain. <laughs> yeah, or that. Jacob um, Steinman's the captain. But yeah, we talked about meeting Jeremy Frazier of the Saltwater Network. So uh, this interview comes to you. Uh, in the second intermission of that Saturday game, we got his thoughts on the uh, first five periods up until then, and then his thoughts on the Eagles this season. What's up, fans? Uh, Adam from the podcast. We're with Jeremy and uh, Jeremy Frazier of Assault Wire Network. Uh, just your overall thoughts on this game so far. Well, uh, I guess uh, for the Moncton side of things, it was great. I mean, you guys are up 6-1 right now uh, after two periods of play, uh, getting lots of uh, opportunity. Uh, chased Jacob Moleta from his uh, QMJHL debut. So uh, a lot of good things going on for Moncton right now. Yeah, we've had Pat on the show, and he kind of went over his uh, expectations uh, for the Eagles this season. Uh, where do you see this team uh, being at the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, it's it's not – fans are obviously going to judge them right now from the first game and then obviously this game as well. But what people got to remember is uh, it is still a young team. Uh, on average, uh, the age is 18.08. So, uh, you know, that's the only there, – there's a lots of upside to this team. I mean, they got a lot of offensive power, but – Obviously, two not in the lineup with Cam Squires and Cam McDonald. But once those guys get back and, uh, you know, the team starts playing a little more structurally, uh, not really used to the Louis Robitaille system yet. I mean, they've gone through four coaches in the last four years. So it's going to take some time for uh, these guys to get into the system of Louis Robitaille. But once they do, uh, they should be okay. That's exactly I was going to I was going to ask you about that. I mean, Louis Robitaille coming in from Gatineau went to the you know, third round, I believe, last year, and he, he has a system, and you can see spurts of it, but 
I mean, no Cam Squires, no McDonald, but you guys did acquire Cole Burbage in the offseason, one of the bigger trades. I guess just how has he been through camp and, and early on in these first two games? Yeah, Cole's been a guy that's come in uh, with lots of expectations after scoring 19 goals and 50 points last year for the Sea Dogs. So for him to be able to come in to play with a guy like Cam Squires and Cam McDonald when they eventually come back, I think that's when you're really going to see what Cole Burbage can do. I mean, right now he's almost like the lone, lone soldier out there uh, when it comes to uh, offense for the team. He had four shots on goal last night, and out of the eight quality shots last night that the Eagles did have, Cole had four of them. So it's going to take some time for him to kind of get used to the system as well, but uh, once Cam comes, the two Cams come back, uh, you should see what Burbage can do on, on the line with them. Obviously, this is your first time on our show. Uh, the, the, the listeners out there might not know um, a lot about you. Uh, I've been following you know, the queue and Twitter long enough to know you've been around for multiple years. Uh, I guess, how did you get involved in this, uh, in this whole writing process? Yeah, it's a funny story. I actually started out in my hometown in New Waterford. Uh, it was a local newspaper, a weekly and uh, I was in grade 10. It's, uh, it's hard to believe I was in grade 10. I was sitting in a, a science class when I got a phone call from uh, the owner of the community press uh, and he called me and said, do you want to write sports? And I said, absolutely. It's like, we'll start off with a column and we'll go from there. Well, I never left. I stayed in with it and kept going through and all through college at Holland College in Charlottetown. Um, I ended up writing for the community press from a distance, obviously, uh, and then Following the queue and everything in between, it kind of led me to a job with Saltwire, and I've been uh, the sports reporter at the Cape Breton Post uh, for the last five years, enjoying it. It's a lot of work. I'm the only sports reporter for the whole island, so I don't only cover the Eagles, but uh, I, I do enjoy covering Major Junior. It's, it's definitely a passion of mine. Yeah, you and Kevin Baird got to be the hardest working guys in the Maritimes uh, for sports reporting uh, in the paper, but... Um, in, in this division, I mean, you follow the Q, you follow the Maritime Division, you see the teams come through here. I guess, just how do you assess this division with Halifax returning guys, depending on Dume, Moncton getting stronger, Cape Breton getting a little bit stronger. Can't really tell off these first two games, but it's early. And then you got Bathurst, St. John's. How do you how do you see this playing through? Yeah, it's going to take a little while to kind of see what the division really has, has. But, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, the top three teams should be Halifax, Cape Breton, and Moncton. That's the reality of it right now, but... Anything can really happen with a Jim Holton coach team. We saw him bring guys in from Ontario and, and kind of uh, all over the place. So, I mean, you never really know what Charlottetown's going to bring. And St. John is going to be a rebuilding team as well. And, and Bathurst is another team that's kind of younger. But, again, you don't really know until the season really gets going. And I wouldn't want to make any predictions right now. But I, I would say if I was a betting man, I'd say it would be uh, Halifax 1, Cape Breton would be three I should say Moncton two, Cape Breton three but that's kind of where I see it uh, standing out as of right now yeah you got to remember what podcast you're on when you're putting teams <laughs> slotted in the division um yeah and just finally uh we've been asking this to all our guests recently the past couple of weeks uh where do you see the the final going this year top the, the two teams facing off against each other for the Gilles Corto trophy Gilles Corto trophy I'm never going to get used to saying that guys uh <laughs> Uh, you know what, that's, again, it's kind of tough to really say, but, I mean, Rwanda Durand is probably the first one that comes to mind. I mean, they got lots of uh, offensive power. They got a, a good goaltender, Russo, coming in from a Memorial Cup championship last year with Quebec. So I'd say Rwanda Randa for sure. And then the, the second team, I, I couldn't even make a prediction right now because it's wide open. Uh, again, it could be a Halifax uh, with Jordan Dumais coming back eventually from uh, Columbus. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where things stand, but... I wouldn't rule out uh, a Cape Breton in terms of uh, not in the final, but I wouldn't rule out Cape Breton being a top team eventually. Uh, we have an owner who wants to win and wants to win now and has made it clear he wants to win. So don't be surprised if things aren't going the way the owner likes as of right now or early in the season that uh, the trade period could definitely see some, uh, some moves in Cape Breton. Yeah, we won't, uh, we won't hold you to that prediction. We've asked all the other media members. You'll have to come on around the trade deadline. You can reevaluate that position as you update us on the Eagles. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Cape Breton's got some moves to get better. Uh, Bay Como's going to be another team that surprises. Moncton's going to be in there, as, as Jeremy predicted. And it's just in the Eastern Conference, there's not as many good teams as in the Western Conference. And with the final going, or with the the fourth round going the top uh, four teams, it could be an all-West final. So, uh, But, yeah, we really appreciate you jumping on with us uh, for this episode. And hopefully we can have you back around the trade deadline. Uh, anytime, guys. Uh, I'm more than willing to jump on with you guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's good to finally meet him. Um, good to finally talk to him and, you know, 
we've seen his articles and tried to connect him and have him on the show. He's he's like Kevin Barrett. He's the only writer on that island mm-hmm. uh, for all of sports. So, um, but yeah, good to have him on. Can't wait to have him on for the um, kind of the trade deadline shows. But he's he's not wrong. The expectations coming into this season were they were going to be good, and they just have they came out flat, kind of like we talked about. Yeah, it's uh, got to get a shout out there, uh, Jeremy, uh, my, myself, and Jeremy. Yeah, Holland College alumni. Woo-woo. PEI. Uh, no, we should start having him on for the Eagles, so he's not a because Pat, you know Pat. God love Pat, but he's you know he's he's on the payroll, right? <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's tough to get a good perspective on the Eagles when uh, sometimes when, uh, Pat's a little easier to get, though. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, that's very true. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Uh, no, he's a he's a Jeremy Fraser. I mean, I've been following this league for long enough to know that I've I, I've seen his. I've seen his name around for for years. He's been writing for. Uh, Wasn't he part of the Q Network? Or he something? was. He, yeah, he's been at least a decade now. Well, maybe not a decade, but uh, a few years. Let's put it that <laughs> way. And uh, you know, he's he's always been someone that's uh, has put out some some quality content for for the Cape Breton Island, and uh, good for him. I mean, it's obviously a busy job where he's the only one on the island covering yeah. the, you know. Uh, the Eagles, the, the high Eagles, school, the high school, MHL, whatever. Probably some of the seniors bowling in Glace Bay. Yeah. If Baseball, he, if, they were telling, yeah. we were talking stories about. But he is coming for the draft. There you go. We convinced him to come to the draft in Moncton. So um, he will be here for for the draft. So getting into this weekend, I mean, mm-hmm. like we talked about, a surprising, I guess, 2-0 and Charlottetown coming in against 2-0 and Moncton. And then we got the home opener on Saturday. Um, well, not really surprised when they were playing a junior B team <laughs> yeah. in Halifax. Yeah. I think most people, when they saw the schedule of Halifax versus Charlottetown, they thought Halifax would have most of their team back. And um, but yeah, it's it's on the island, and then the home opener is on on Saturday. And Charlottetown's exactly what we thought they would kind of be—a tough, mm-hmm. hard-nosed team. And uh, I believe that. Well, what's their goalie's name? Solov, no, uh, Ozols. Yeah, is it Oz- Ozols? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I think he played fairly well for him, obviously. I, did he play both games? Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, if we're going to preview shit, we should probably pay attention to who's playing. I mean, I should. Oh, we'll I be right one. back after these messages from <laughs> Binford. <laughs> yeah. It was always uh, one goal against, and then Carter Bickle uh, played the other game. So, Oh. Um, Bickle. Yeah. Bickle, yeah. Bickle the pickle. Bickle the pickle. Um, the guy that, you know, Owen Conrad First round pick was leading the team in points. Michael Horth, um, Lucas Romeo is up there. I mean, this is not going to be an easy team. Even Matt Butler got on the on the, on the boy. scoreboard. That's my yeah. boy right there. Got an assist. Uh, uh, yeah, Charlottetown is Charlottetown. You never know what to expect. These guys could lay an egg, or they could literally make your team lay an egg. Uh-huh. It's uh, they're just one of those unpredictable teams. But no, Conrad's off to a great start. Uh, still don't know how they managed to get him. In the draft where they did, well, we're not going to get into that. Uh, no, kind of excited to see where this one goes. Uh, Horth is obviously going to be a big, big part of their organization for the first half, and I think they'll they'll get a nice uh, return, nice chunk of change for him. He's going to be one of the better overage forwards available that any team could could uh, certainly upgrade their uh, up front with, and. Uh, I guess we'll see what goes. I really don't know what to expect. Uh, it's still early in the season to really put together any sort of predictions for for these ones. And and it's the exact same the next night. It is Halifax. Like we could have a Halifax team that has not much left, and like Jack Milner is their goalie. He's letting eight goals in two games. Mm-hmm. That's not on him. But well, I think I think Russo, Russo will probably be, be back. Yeah, Russo will be back. But at the same time, um, I. Cataford is out week to week. Yeah. He won't be there. Dume's probably still going to be in Columbus. Vitacek is suspended for two games yeah. for a high stick. So uh, Dylan McKinnon will likely be back. So I mean, they're they're going to be a very could be a very hurting unit. And uh, so you know, if if Munkin can get off to a good start and maybe go to the island and win a game. Uh, I think you'll they'll probably ride that momentum into the next night. We'll see. It's uh, it you never again. These it's too early in the season to even 
you Promoting know how to get these. Yeah, but if Moran's in the lineup Saturday night, they'll get a big bump. Yeah, and same if he's in the lineup Friday night, they'll get a bump. So uh, we'll we'll um, we're not here to make predictions. No, nope. Halifax is clearly wants to uh, maybe make up for their performance <laughs> yeah. last weekend. Uh, and I mean, do they play Friday night or? I was just going to look at that. Yeah, and, and and for Moncton, it's not so much who you're playing against it's how you play if they play like they did in that first game against Cape Breton yeah. they're going to be in a lot of games and win a lot of these games I don't want to say if they play like they did in the second game because they scored nine goals but defensively if you were to ask Lacroix which of the two is more what style he wants to play it's going to be the first one so if they can find a, a middle ground in that mm-hmm. nope they play Saturday and then Sunday in Bathurst yeah so so again, it's it's more about what Moncton does, um, special like defensively and special teams. They haven't given up a power play goal yet, um, but they've only had one power play goal, um, and it wasn't very, it wasn't even very a feisty affair. Like there was not even any bad blood for these two teams that played twice, and there was more anger in the preseason than there was in these games over the weekend. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, more or less the uh, the whole. Is fighting illegal in the preseason? <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because you're right. I mean, there was there was no and good on Cape Breton. You know, the score once the score got out of hand, they weren't you know trying to pull off any cheap shots after the whistle. Uh, I mean, Patterson ran in the goalie, but I don't think it was it a malicious. It was close to him, and there was credit no, the Wildcats no for not going after him. And yeah. I think that's more the score was 9-1 at yeah. that point. Than it, you like, don't need to be anything if stupid. If it was 3-1, but 9-1, you don't need a suspension coming into Friday's game and the mm-hmm. home opener yeah. and, and anything like that. So, But, again, as good as Moncton looked, these are two teams that we've seen can come in and Halifax always plays well here. They travel well. Mm-hmm. Um that could be the one coming off the home opener where, well, like that's what you got to avoid is that home open excitement and then just yeah. flat the right? pressure. Yeah, yeah. But it, I, like, I'm glad that they don't have to go through another home opener in Charlottetown. Like they mm-hmm. already had their home opener. Yeah, they're done. Halifax will have to go through ours, but that's the worry is going through that ha- that home opener and then. That's true. Uh, I never thought of that, but yeah, the home opener uh, is uh, for for by the looks of it, what they have planned. It's not going to be any of those trapezese people yeah. that they had last year. Uh, just something like a, like a light show, a fan engagement fan light, show. Yeah. Uh, light show. So for anybody listening. We'll get to that later. Um, okay, don't know. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to it later. Okay. You got the info? We'll get well, to that. Well, I was going to say you can go and download the, oh, yeah. the Q Live app. When I say Q, not the letter Q, like the lead, but it's uh, C-U-E. Yeah. Q Live uh, and this is will this is actually going to allow you to participate in the uh, ceremonies on Saturday, hmm. the light show. All right. Well, I guess I got to download an app, don't I? Yeah. Uh, are you finally ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? Jeez, it was quick. Huh? Yeah, that's what she said. Ready? <laughs> Eric Maria Realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. Johnny, Johnny's back as the uh, as the official voice of the uh, stick tap of the of the week, and um, oddly enough, uh, when I sold my house, I didn't use Eric Murray as a as a assistance to sell it. I did. So but you can uh, buy one through him. Exactly. He's excellent. He, it's not. He's uh, very. Oh. It's not Eric Murray sell a house through him. <laughs> it's buy a house through him. He's very patient. If you want to take, if you want to start now till when you're ready to buy, it took us two and a half years. Dude's very patient. Mm-hmm. Goes through everything. Helps you through. Um, so there when you you're ready to buy, stick to the week sponsors your guy. That's that was a good rhyme. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, um, pretty obvious uh, where this one's going. Uh, Big shout out to the, uh, I guess the Cape Breton community for their for their hospitality. Um, you know, it's uh, big, uh, specifically the Boston Pizza in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for for you guys, uh, Adam and I probably would have crumbled up in a ball uh, due to a 
dehydration yeah and b famine uh <laughs> portion size was good oh yeah that was you ordered a spaghetti and i think they accidentally put like two orders that, in by like that because and i had half of it absolute massive pile of pasta did you finish it by the way no i haven't touched it yet no. <laughs> i had spaghetti for supper and i decided oh, awesome. to make i decided to make my own instead of the leftovers that are in my fridge what was left for you, Megan, and and at, oh yeah, like this is a you eat the meat you eat the meatballs that was you ate the best part, yeah. Uh, but no, honestly, like it's uh, it was a really good weekend. I'm uh, happy with uh, how it went, and everyone we got a chance to meet, everyone we got a chance to talk to, uh, the the accommodations. Uh, shout out to the Qatar Qatar law law firm. <laughs> Uh, those guys are. We didn't need them, but no. we we sh- we saw them. Yeah, and uh, all the all the fine folks that were out Saturday uh, and Sunday uh, getting their driver's license from Access Nova Scotia that we got a chance to to watch outside of our hotel room window. It was a very fun, very fun weekend, and I think it's something that the the Q should look to do uh, a little more is getting you know start the season off with either. You know, find a team that that a team go to go there for two games, and that will allow. Because yeah, we wouldn't have went if it was only for one game, right? We went there because it was two games, and I think this will allow more fans to go and see more arenas and yeah. and and all that. So it was uh, very very smart by the uh, scheduling team because it was only us, I think, that got that. Nobody else played against the same two teams, right? No, so it was no. Uh, it was it was cool. It was nice. It was almost like a rivalry weekend on the first weekend of the season. Absolutely. The stick tap of the week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at five zero six eight six three eight eight zero two. That brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa, who from September 25th to October 7th, you get 15% off all spa services when you book with Sammy. Call the book at uh, 506-830-1224 or book with him in person at 1224 Mountain Road. Um, honestly, this one was tough. Uh, could have gone with a few different players. I mean, Mueller, Mercier, Collard, uh, but I'm going to the guy with the big stick. Uh, Jacob Simon won preseason game. Uh that he played wasn't sure if he was going to go. Um, and he played both games. He goes two and zero with a 0.5 goals against average and a nine seventy six save percentage. He was named a team of the week. Um, once they came out with their team of the week, it kind of made it a little bit easier for me. Uh, but there was a lot of offense all around helped out by the nine one game. Um, so, uh, he didn't face a lot on Friday, faced a little bit more Saturday, but he didn't let the Eagles get any momentum. Mm-hmm. We got a one or two and then they, They'd get a power play, and he was there. Uh, made a couple 10-bell saves uh, on Saturday as well. So your Wildcast Wildcat of the week is number one, Jacob Steinman. That'll do it for this week. Um, a couple Wildcats notes. If you're a season ticket holder, uh, you can pick up your tickets today. They were on, You can pick them up yesterday, but also pick them up today till 6 p.m. at door 6, um, and then Thursday, Friday at the Aurora Store from noon till 4 p.m. And then, like Jeremy alluded to, the home opener uh, this Saturday at 7 p.m., some of the festivities, I mean, you can, uh, let's see, a $25,000 guaranteed jackpot hockey uh, weekend giveaway. 25000 Yeah. Irving's bringing out the big buck this weekend, <laughs> boys and girls. Uh, buy any Pepsi product, you get a ballot to win a hockey weekend getaway, flights to Montreal, two tickets for uh, the Canadians versus the McDavid's, uh, $500 Irving gas card, a hotel voucher, and a restaurant gift card. Um, the draw is December 16th. The game is uh, so that's not really a that's not really that day. That might be up until then, maybe. Yeah, or maybe that's... it's they assume everyone's going to buy it that day and they're not going to give it away till the sixteenth. Anyways, draw is the sixteenth. The game is the uh, January thirteenth. Um, party at the Oval uh, with the Wild Willie Moosehead Light Food and Beverage Area, nineteen and older. Live music with the Thirsty Rangers, the DJ that's always in psychedelics, um, and then. The game at 7. Uh, the Melatones will perform at the Ice Bar. There's a Fan and Light show. Again, what was the website you had to go to? Or the app? It's uh, QLive, C-U-E. Uh, so you download the app, and it'll allow you to participate in the uh, festivities. Uh, looks like there's going to be a way to probably see that. 
Sync it up. Sync it up. There's probably going to be QR codes around the rink. You'll scan the QR code, and that will and allow you to... you don't have to do anything. You'll probably just hold your phone and... Participate. Yeah. Yep. So let's fill the building so it looks cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, Samantha Robichaud will be doing fiddling and fiddler singer uh, in the central lobby, organ again, and a pyro show. And again, $25,000, 50-50 jackpot. Uh, tickets are on sale right now at Ticketmaster. Uh, but yeah, that's it for us. Uh, for Jeremy, I'm Adam. See you next week. Time for bed. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.